Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. Mr. Matt Aitchison is with us today. He's all three of those, team leader, broker owner, thought leader. He's done everything, and I'm so excited to have him on our show. He also has his own show, which he'll talk to us about, and he is hailing from California. Matt, welcome to the podcast. My brother. Let's go. Super excited Let's to have go. you, man. Know I'm like, I don't want to get started talking too soon because, you know, I know you got some good stuff to say and tee it up. So, well, I'm, I'm I, I could keep going. I mean, the first time I met Matt, like Matt's the I say like the, the all like American dream boy. Everybody wants their daughter to marry a guy like Matt. Every girl wants to date a guy like Matt. He's just like a great guy. Honest, hardworking, great looking. Uh, works out all the time. The dude's awesome. Best dad ever. All of his posts on social make you want to gag. He's like eating ice cream cones with his daughters and he's a good dude. <laughs> well, bro, I mean, it takes one to know one. You and I are, uh, uh, I would say we're, we're soul brothers. Like when you, when you meet certain people and you get around them and you leave them going, man, I love being around that person and you know, you want to further a relationship you don't meet that many people like that over the course of your timeline of life, but you were one of those individuals for me. And we've had some fun in Vietnam and traveling the world and building businesses and failing forward and, you know, finding ways to, you know, add value and continue to achieve our goals in the process. So it's an honor to be uh, on the show and, and spend some time with you, man. Awesome. Well, good to have you. Let's get into some content. So one of the things that's unique, so Matt brought that up and we met, but we don't do any business together, but we mastermind a lot. So every year or two times a year, we'll either meet in person or have a couple hour call or Zoom. And it's interesting how so many high net worth individuals, they might not actually be in business together, but it almost feels like you are just because you're constantly trading ideas, trading quote unquote secrets of what's working and what's not working. And I really think that's part of the key to success. So you actually started a podcast talking about how to build wealth. Talk about that a little bit. And I know now you guys are doing all sorts of stuff and helping people build passive income. Yeah, I mean, I went to a mastermind with, there was a dozen millionaires and a couple deck millionaires in the room. And I felt like I was a pretty affluent person and had access to information and resources, but I got around some of these conversations and, you know, my mind was blown and I was going, man, if, if I am seeing so much value in these types of conversations, I can't imagine people that don't have access to these types of conversations, what it would do for them. So that was kind of the, you know, the spark that ultimately turned into a wildfire and, you know, Millionaire Mindcast is going on nine years of interviewing millionaires and billionaires, uh, talking about stocks, real estate and personal finance, uh, three days a week. I think I'm, I'm nearing a thousand episodes um, and we've been anywhere from, you know, top 10 to top 25 in investing in business. But I would say I float around that, you know, top 100 to 200 mark. And it's, it's fun, man. I mean, I constantly get to talk about, I'm a big believer in you grow into the conversations you're around or you grow into the environments you're around. Uh, everybody's heard those cliched statements, but I know it all too well. I was, you know, around five other people in high school that stole and, um, <laughs> fought and did drugs. And, you know, I became the, the sixth and I got expelled from high school. Um, I also know that when I was around people like you having the conversations that we have and the accountability that we have and the values that we have, uh, that iron sharpens iron yeah. um, mentality and how you grow into the people you surround yourself with um, is why I continue to stay engaged with people like Jeff Cohn. Awesome. And I'm the same way. And I, you know, the cliche I've heard your net worth will be the sum of like the five people you are closest to's net worth. 
uh, when you when you pass this earth. So it's the people you're around. It's not just about money. And when you play at a high level, like Matt's talking about, you hear the dollar amounts and everyone might roll your eyes like, oh, millionaires and billionaires. Those guys, you know, those people are assholes. Everyone has a different frame of reference of how they perceive wealth and what it takes to acquire wealth. Everyone has a different belief of what people have to do to be successful. What I can tell you from my personal experience of being quote unquote successful and my journey, and I, I won't speak for Matt's journey, is the people that play at the highest level, they're consistent with simple things over long periods of time. That's it. That's the recipe. And some of them by doing that become worth a hundred grand and some do that and are worth a million and some do that and are worth a billion. But I think true happiness isn't found at the finish line. It's found in the journey. And Matt and I were talking about that a little bit offline. Yeah, I think it's it's spot on when you think about wealth means something different to so many people because that's one of the questions that I ask and I've heard so many different definitions of wealth. Some people it's just about having that that time freedom and they want to go in, you know, their VW bus and travel to all the national parks and hit, you know, the the best surf session that they can get. And yep. that is that success to them, right? Yep. And then other people are like, "Man, I I need it. I need to be making a million bucks a year and being able to travel with my family and to, you know, donate $100,000 a year to charity. That to me means wealth. So I love those types of, you know, discussions because it creates context and data points for other people to start identifying their own definition of wealth. And when you can get clear on what that North Star is for you, then it becomes so much easier to create a plan and make decisions based on anything that is aligned with that or avoiding anything that is a distraction to that. But most people, they don't, they don't take the time or have the tools or have the leadership around them to you know, give them frameworks that allow them to create space and go in and do that work to get that clarity. Because most people, if you think about anybody that's listening to this podcast, is already a hard worker. You're already investing in yourself. I'm guessing you're somebody that takes action. It's ultimately, are you taking the right action that is aligned with your goals that you really want to achieve and when you want to achieve them by? And when you can get clear on that first, it becomes very, not easy, but much simpler to craft and curate a plan that allows you to get in there and do what we do best, which is just work and grind. Yep. And and oftentimes people are mistaking movement for achievement because they're doing I love it. the wrong thing. Everyone's grinding in some area. So you, you talk about active no role, doubt. passive role. Everyone that's in a pa making passive income is still in an active role. If you open up your email and you look at how much your stock is worth, that's your active role. That's your job. Sitting on a board of directors, you know, might make you might be making business decisions from a private plane in Dubai. That's still an active role. So what active role do you want to be in? And what direction are you going? One thing I want to make a comment on that's funny and I haven't said it in a long time. There's a movie called Office Space. If you guys haven't seen it, it ages me a little bit, late 90s, I think. And there's a scene where the guy's like, I want to have a million dollars. And his neighbor, literally apartment next door, is like, Why do you want a million dollars? He's like, I just want to do nothing. And he's like, my brother-in-law doesn't do anything. He just sits on his sister's couch and watches TV or something to that extent. And so to your sentiment around like what's your vision of wealth. Um, another point I wanted to make in GoBundance, which was a mastermind group where Matt and I actually ended up meeting in early like 2016, they talk about being a hundred percenter. And I actually love this. And it's the only place I've ever heard this mindset. And a hundred percenter is somebody that can cover all of their expenses living 100% off their passive income. And so Matt has a, a platform that he actually sells and trains people on to help you become a hundred percenter in five years, which I think this would be a perfect time for you to talk about that. Yeah, it, it all kind of, this This is where this conversation started was yep. in GoBundance. And, and I realized 
um, I had good active income, you know, I was good at trading time for money and I could find a way to generate based on my skills and the value I bring to, you know, my industry or my marketplace or my customers, I could make good money. But I also had to go out and hunt and kill every single day in order to make those paychecks. And so when you started thinking about, man, how can I use some of this income to buy income streams that pay me while I sleep? That was where I went, man, let me rethink this a little bit. And that, at that time, I was playing in the single family space. Um, and then as I started looking at my income streams tied to some of these single family properties, I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to have to buy a lot of single families every year because my goal was I wanted to have $500,000 a year in passive income. And I think I wanted to do it like in the next 15 years. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward five years when I started going through and looking at kind of my numbers, I was like, I'm gonna have to buy like 900 homes and they're gonna have to be netting me this much. And what does that model look like and that management and that risk? And I was like, you know what? I don't think that aligns with where I wanna go and when I wanna be there by. So then it just became a math problem. I was like, well, if over the next 10 years, I want to unlock $500,000 in passive income, I need to just buy one asset a year that nets me $50,000. So then it was like, okay, well, what assets yep. in real estate net me $50,000 when all is said and done? And that took me down that rabbit hole of learning and kind of connecting dots. And that's what led me to my first retail strip center. And then long story short, over the last uh, seven years, I've done that and then some every single year, whether it was buying my boutique hotels, now I own medical plazas and I have additional retail strips. Um, but it became a simple process of going, if I can just do one of these a year, I also learned in commercial real estate that there were so many other benefits above and beyond single family. And I'm not knocking single family. I still have single family mm -hmm. in my portfolio. That being said, commercial has such a higher ROI on your skills, such a higher ROI on your time and energy put into it, such a higher ROI on really being able to generate income in a predictable way at scale that single family just can't do. And then you throw a caveat on top of that, that you know cost segregation and accelerated depreciation comes into play. Now, not only are you getting all the upside on the income and the appreciation, but now you're starting to be able to play the tax mitigation game at a really high level. There's not really any other asset out there that you can do it at this level. And so that became something I became very obsessed about. And then as I started doing more of it, people were like, hey, tell me more about what you're doing. And I realized there just wasn't a lot of people, you know, you asked me about a flipping course or a wholesale course or a subject to course, there's a million yeah. gurus out there. I could say, hey, go check out their community. They've got some good content. They yep. can help you with that. Um, when it came to commercial real estate, I, I couldn't find a lot of people because it really is kind of a Wall Street, family office, institutional world that some mom and pop people can play in. Um, but really what most people don't know, it's actually way easier than single family real estate. It's less management intensive. Um, and there's so many ways that you can force value into assets. And I'm talking hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of value with a fraction of the time that goes into managing a single family property. So I became obsessed with that. And then as I learned, there wasn't a lot of people in that um, space that were sharing and bringing real kind of authentic value. I didn't want to be the guru, but 
Um, that being said, I did create, you know, some value in that space that I could point people to in that direction and, and help them get clear on what's your North Star, right? What's the goal that we're aiming for? When do you want to be there by? Right. And then finding a way through commercial real estate assets and certain markets and strategies of how to chip away at that. And again, just one a year. Yeah. Make it simple. Pretty easy. Whereas I know what your sentiment is around those houses. Back to that sentiment of 900 doors, you actually knew the number. I think a lot of people, they kind of work aimlessly and just are running on a hamster wheel and aren't really sure what that outcome is going to look like because they don't choose to act, be self-actualized in their business and take a step away and ask themselves, what is the big goal in five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road? So I think that was a really good exercise for you to implement. One other comment I was going to make earlier when you were talking about kind of having that self-awareness of the direction you want to go with the wealth that you're building, uh, Harvard Business School did a study of the top 1,000 CEOs across the country, and they wanted to see if there was one common denominator that all of them shared in. And the number one common denominator amongst these 1,000 CEOs was self-awareness. And when you're self-aware, you know what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are, and you can create leverage around your weaknesses, just kind of calling you out on and putting you on the spot. For you, where are your strengths, and then where do you think your weaknesses lie, and how have you found solutions to fill in those gaps? Yeah, I mean, I always tell people like, oh, how have you had success, and what are your superpowers? I know what my superpowers are. I'm a connector. Um, I, I, you can throw me in any environment and I will find common ground and a way to add value to somebody and do it genuinely and authentically. Um, that's just one of my superpowers. I, I, I find a way to connect with people. Um, and one of my weaknesses is I'm not super organized. One of my first, uh, you know, uh, a personal assistance, uh, she said, it's like, man, I'm, I'm constantly chasing you around. And it's like, you're chucking bowling balls over your shoulder and you expect me to catch them and figure out where to organize them in your world. And I ultimately need you to become the, you know, relay race marathon runner, right. That is handing the baton off to me so I can run with you and you can keep going mm, I like that. along the race. And so for me, that was a, and that was early on in my entrepreneurial journey. And so I realized that that was going to be a hindrance to me. And so I just became a framework guy. I am not the smartest. I am not the the wisest. I'm not the the strongest. Um, but there are a couple things about me that I'm really good at. I'm really good at operating and implementing frameworks in my business and using those to leverage skills and resources and opportunities at scale. Um, and I am really good, and I this is literally a mantra, I read it every single day in my journal, is I am dumb enough to believe in myself and I'm smart enough to take action on my goals every day. Mm. And so I often think, you know, our, our weaknesses are overcome with effort and activity. And you said something that was probably, it's the reason why I created this planner right here. It's because I was not very self-aware and I knew that, by checking in and having a framework of habit tracking, of goal tracking, and getting reflections around that, it was a daily micro space that created awareness for me. And when I'm aware, I'm good at doubling down on shit that I'm crushing, and I'm good at scrapping stuff or tweaking or optimizing it and readjusting it to get back on track when it's not working. And that's really, when you think about the most successful, the most productive, the most amazing people on planet Earth, they're very aware individuals. And through that awareness, it gives you the ability to make, make the next right choice that's aligned with the outcome that you're solving for. So I love that you brought that up because I think that's one thing I do really, really wear is I am good at creating and carving out space every day through key frameworks that empower me to make the next right choice 
And for me, around discipline and the right habits and the things that I say, my audio, making sure that my video and my actions actually align and match that, when those two things are in synergy and concert and clicking, I'm a very dangerous person. I'm a very productive person. <laughs> get out of the I way. can get done more than a hundred people probably do in a whole month in a in a day. And so that's not to brag. That's just to say, and 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 the opposite side of that spectrum is is when I'm not weaponized and I'm right. off my game and I'm off my habits, I'm terrible. But how many people actually take the time to create self-assessments for themselves or utilize frameworks? to be honest with themselves and accountable with themselves. And that's something that I'm a very accountable person and I have very high standards for myself and for the people around me. Um, one of my favorite quotes of all time is Gary Keller's, I'm a loving human being, but my standards are not. And I've really found a way through awareness and failing my way forward mm -hmm. and getting dragged through the mud and having big wins and successes, right? What my standards are around the key components and pillars of my life. Cool. You said a lot and there's so much we can go and talk about. And you and I joked, we could talk for hours and it's just fun. This is just normal for us too. If people think sometimes these podcasts are scripted, none of my podcasts have ever been scripted. I've never sent a list of questions to the person I'm going to interview. It's all just complete authenticity. And that's what everyone wants. That's what I want. That's, I just want to hear a conversation amongst people. Yeah. Um, a couple things I've been thinking about. So we have a mutual friend in Hal Elrod. He's done great with the miracle morning. Um, one of the things that's intimidating about listening to Matt speak. So I go back to like when I was 18, 19, 20, I knew I wanted to be successful and I knew I was going to be good at whatever I did. I didn't know how far I could go with it, but I was going to outwork anybody, maybe not outsmart them, but I was going to outwork them for sure. And one of the oh, things, definitely not outsmart them. <laughs> <laughs> right. One of the things I've chosen to do. Thank you. One of the things I've chosen to do is always be around smarter people to level up and try to become better. But put great people around me. You don't need to be the smartest. You shouldn't be the smartest person on your team. You should surround yourself with the best people that are better than you. Um, but one of the things I love about Hal, Hal Elrod's book, Miracle Morning, is he gives you six simple 10-minute tasks to do every day. Like Matt talked about his journal. He's probably not spending, Matt's not in his journal for three hours every day. Maybe at the end of the year when he's planning his next year, he's in it for a day or two, but it's just a couple minutes a day. So like, don't be overwhelmed when you hear everything we're talking about. And when you see someone that performs at a high level, they're not at that high level because they're spending eight hours every day doing some amazing activity. It's probably because they're just doing five minutes of something every day for 10 years. And so Hal will have his savers in his book. He talks about scribing and affirmations, and I'm not going to steal the thunder of the book. Go buy, go buy it. <clears throat> Shameless plug to help out Hal. But one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Matt, and we'll kind of end on this, this note for the next 10 minutes. You've interviewed all these millionaires. You've spent time with all these millionaires, and you even dropped billionaires. Are they different than the average person listening to this podcast today? No, their, their level of discipline is, though. I mean, that's really all it comes down to is their level of discipline and habits and effort and energy focused around. They found a way to optimize identifying where they have the most scale and impact and they they're laser focused in those areas and they build their habits and their schedule in and around everything that has to do with that. And they're just hyper obsessed and focused on the things that they cannot help but wake up every day and be so excited to go and tackle. And I think most people don't have that zest. They don't have that passion. They don't have that discipline. Because I think we can all relate to having something that was really exciting and motivational. And you stepped and moved a little bit differently knowing what was required in order to get that. But it was something that called to you, that pulled you up to a higher version of yourself. And they have found a way to do that 
without there needing to constantly be something in front of them. Um, it can be there. And most of the times it always is there because they find a the, way to put another mountain on top of a mountain. The next that thing. being said, right. It is, um, it's a very foundational discipline when it comes to habits that they have found a way. And it's, here's the thing, like, I think a lot of people and not to knock Hal's book, cause you know, we, we love Hal and, <laughs> and I love morning routines, but I think so many people, because it got pushed so hard are like, Oh, I'm not a morning person. And if I don't become a morning person, then, you know, I'm not going to be successful. And I know a lot of people that wake up at seven 30 and are more productive by three o'clock than most Wait, people is seven 30 late. I thought I was doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think it's, it's important to recognize that you have to find the right framework that works for you. My morning routine may not work for Jeff. More so for me, I like evening routines. My next day starts the evening prior. And how I prepare and plan for that day is way more impactful than how I wake up that morning personally. That's for me. I learned that by going through years of trying these morning routines and waking up at four and maybe waking up a little bit earlier and trying this green juice and trying this <laughs> shake and da, da da But you know what? When I found a way to say, by default, I can do this 365 days a year, I think that is more impactful than doing something for 90 days and then reverting back mm -hmm. to whatever mediocre level or standard you started from. And this is a good example, I think that applies to, I did 75 hard. I did 75 hard and I it was fucking hard and I was so obsessed with getting it done and I got it done, but I also reverted back later to my default versus 75 days if easy I just did, if i did my three i'm gonna call it 365 medium where i can do 80 percent of these things or i can do 100 percent of these things just not at that extreme level every single day if i did that for 365 days and let that compound over time that's going to be way more impactful than me doing a 90-day sprint here and then six months off and then another 90-day sprint so the the point i'm trying to make here is there's so much information, there's so much framework around what works and what doesn't and what you need to do and what you should try and oh my God, find something. And again, this is why I like human optimization is find something that works for you and test it and reflect on it and then tweak it and keep just making little micro adjustments along the way, which comes back to what word did we talk about earlier? Awareness. So for me, that's all I try and do is through these frameworks, create awareness and know that my I fall back on my discipline and my habits to make sure that I'm not seeing slippage yep. and more so I'm actually seeing the compound effect working in my favor. Yeah, constant self-awareness and accountability. Uh, we coined a phrase, I don't think anyone's stolen this yet, accountability buddy. And Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group, our flagship team when we launched in 11, everyone on the team would have an accountability buddy. Um, that would hold them accountable to everything that they had said that they were going to do. And this is a big miss. And everyone that listens to the podcast hears this all the, all the time. But we as leaders will tell people, hey, go do X, Y, Z. But we don't train them how to do X, Y, Z at a higher level. We don't hold them accountable to doing X, Y, Z. And then a year goes by and we say, how did it go? And of course, what people fall short of the goal. 
but we as a leader didn't take the responsibility to help that person through training and accountability and systems and processes and all the things that we should be providing. So if you are a team leader out there of a mortgage company, title company, insurance company, investment company, or real estate company, Elite Real Estate Systems is here not only to help you with your training, but also the accountability with each and every implementer inside of your business. We have a mastermind of all team leaders and broker owners that meets every Thursday. We have agent training for all of your agents every Monday, Wednesday. We do investor coaching. We do mortgage coaching and we do insurance coaching. And there's a ton more of great information that we make available to you. If you want more information about all of this, go to growwithers.com and take advantage of all of the free content that we'll make available to you today at growwithers.com. Matt, how do people get in touch with you? Best way for them to connect is obviously tapping into the podcast, Millionaire Mindcast. It's on all podcasting platforms. Um, they can check out Wise Investor Collective for anybody that's interested in commercial real estate, getting that first property, you know, across the finish line that nets you $50,000 a year. Once you realize how simple it is and you pop that lid, it's it, there's no going back, right? And if you know you can get $250,000 in passive income, let alone the equity upside, let alone the tax benefits, um, and that's something that resonates with people, a lot of people in the real estate industry that are out there hunting and killing and don't have that succession plan or continuity plan for post-career, something to think about there. So you can check that out. Um, a lot of free content, our paid mastermind and coaching and stuff like that. Um, or just hit me up on social media at official Maddie A is the uh, same on all my platforms. I'm always active, connected and love, you know, uh, chatting with people that, you know, heard me on a podcast. Awesome. Appreciate you coming on today. This was an awesome conversation. We can go a million different directions. We'd love to have you on again in the future. If you guys are wanting to create passive income, 50,000 net a year over the next five years, I think everyone wants that, including myself. Be sure to go out and take advantage of all the content that Matt makes available. I do vouch for him. He's a great person and offers awesome content. And he's not just somebody that tells you how to do it. He's actually doing it and he's alongside of uh, with you for the ride. So appreciate you coming on the show today, Matt. This was great content. Appreciate you very much. 